But here's the deal though. If I can do that, right? If I can say, hey, I was, I was wrong, I was off, then worship pastors and pastors can care more about songs. You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Pastor Joel. Welcome again to the Theology of Music. I had a stroke just now. Though I tried to do it so quickly. I'm sorry, I looked at your face and it just, it was so, so masculine. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to the Theology of Music podcast. As you can hear, I'm joined by a friend again. In person, which just feels so good to say that with COVID, I, I'm actually recording a podcast with someone. We are, we may or may not be socially distanced. I will not confirm or deny. Don't, don't count. Up. That, that's not a foot. I, I think don't it's know. It's less than six feet. Why would you say that? Now I'm going to get in trouble. What if someone boycotts my podcast? Do you see what you did? You see what you did? To I me? think it's six feet. You're ruining me. Now it's you, over. Six now feet. you could potentially be lying. I think it's eight feet, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome again. I am joined by a really good friend of mine. His I say that about everyone, but it's true. His name is Jeremy Harkins. He is from Bethlehem, PA. He is the worship pastor for the past six years at Ebenezer Bible Fellowship Church. So we are actually in the same denomination. It's really cool. We got we got coordinated um, through a, a mutual friend here at my location, uh, my denominational um, position, and it was really fun. We just kind of talked one day on the phone, and we just vented uh, just about life, and it was perfect. And I think it was like two hours, and then I said, I'll come up and see you, because we're probably about, what, an hour and a half away? Yep. And I went and saw you a week ago, or two weeks ago, and then you came. You've come down today, and we're just uh, we're just friends. Connecting on every level, bro. Two peas in a pod. That's right. And we're also doing a, a conference together. We're hosting a conference together for the Bible Fellowship Church in uh, in February of next year. But that's all I'm going to say about that. You'll find out more details later. Just a little sneak peek. Anyway, so today I'm actually really excited to have Jeremy on this podcast because he is joining me on my Rethinking the Criteria podcast. It, you should be honored. You should feel honored. I feel honored. Good. Good. I need you to say that at least five more times today. Very honored. Good. So uh, uh, what I want to say is the reason why. So the reason why I'm rethinking my criteria isn't necessarily because I was wrong sinfully or even philosophically. I, I just I believe that I was off the mark in narrow minded. Um, I wanted to use the word myopic, but I felt like that would have been pretentious. So <laughs> um, I was narrow minded. So and and part of it, too, was um it, w- it was kind of in a phase where in my discipleship life, I was a lot more uh, stringent in in my view of songs and not necessarily in a bad way. Just I was being overly cautious and careful. Uh, and because of that, I was being I was forcing songs to fall into to criteria that they couldn't fit into. And then when they wouldn't fit into them, even though they were good songs, I would still approve them. So at the end of the day, you know, why do you still have this criteria if songs aren't lining up in your criteria? either you have to change or the songs have to change. And and I just don't think that the songs, there are that many bad songs that the they have to just change, right? So I've done many songs in the past I've reviewed Yes, I Will, songs like that that don't fit the gospel-centered, Christ-exalting part. And they're still great songs to do. I don't, I don't know, is there a song that comes to mind for you that you think is a great song to do that doesn't necessarily fit that gospel-centered, Christ-exalting? Yeah, I mean, I think that when you when you've got yeah you've got a lot of songs out there that are just very surface oriented and uh i i mean i would say that you have even the 
back to the Maranatha days, you have a, a couple of those songs wow. that, but I won't give any specific names of songs because they do have a, they have a scriptural meaning to yeah. them, but yeah. they're just like very surfacey and they're constantly repeated. Amen. Um, so seven elevens. Yeah. I won't give a specific one. You don't have to. It's okay. Okay. So uh, so here's what I'm doing. Rather than checking boxes, I've kind of switched my criteria to being more where it falls on a spectrum. Now, there are two boxes that must still be checked. So I've actually added a box and then removed the Christ Exalted Gospel Centered from boxes to be checked and switched them more to a spectrum. So here's how it would look. Uh, the two main boxes that have to be checked first are is it congregationally friendly? I think that one still has to stay as a box that must be checked. If it's not congregationally friendly, you should not be singing it because if you're singing it with your congregation, you should get that. Now, if you're listening to it at home and, and you know, and I've even said this, if you're not a worship pastor or worship leader or a pastor, you know, and you just want to sing it at home with your kids, that's different. That's fine. But if you're leading the congregation in worship and song, it's got to be friendly, easy to pick up. Uh, accessible to your church, right? And then you and you should know best how that's going to be. And then the other criteria is it's is it God honoring or is it man honoring? And that's the the second box to check. So really, right now you've got those two: is it gospel, is it congregationally friendly, and it, does it honor God or does it honor man? Um, and you know you're going to have to be the judge of that. Is the language in the is the vocabulary and the how everything's structured focused more on myself and what I can do and what I'm doing and uh, even what I can do for God. And I always want to be careful that if there's a song that just focuses a lot on me or man, because I am still fallible. Um, and there's, I would rather sing a song that honors God uh, in spite of myself rather than uh, honors myself in spite of my sin. I would say, too, there was a criteria that I've I've done, Joel, too, that there's a horizontal and then a vertical. Oh. And sometimes with the, the verses, you've got a horizontal focus, but does it lead you to something that's vertical? Yeah. You know, in, in what God has done for us or how we respond to yeah. what he's done. Or is it straight up just all about me and there's no there's no outcome of of honor and praise to who God is and who his character is? And yeah. I think that's another way to look at it as well. I, I would say it it should be more vertical to then lead to horizontal. Like right. Build My Life is one of those songs I think it fits that perfectly. The verses are all about Jesus and how he's worthy and how he's how he's um, worthy of everything, the, our breath, our praise, all the honor in we, every song we could sing. And then it talks even more to his holiness, you know, and then it says, right. but, but now lead me in your love to those around me. Uh, and so I think that's that's a really good song as a template for that. And I think Build My Life is a perfect song for that because now on the spectrum, so on the spectrum you now have, is it Christ exalting? Is it gospel centered? Is it sanctification focused? And is it lament minded or lament um, driven. Um, and the reason why I, I have done that is just because um, it it doesn't have to be only about Christ, right? But if it has elements of Christ exalting, that's good, right? If it's, or is it, does it have some more gospel language of, you know, I was dead before and now right. I'm alive in Christ and here's why. Um, or is it, you know, sanctification minded? Is it day by day kind of stuff? Is it is it talking about how I'm being renewed now Right, and I'm and he's helping me out right now, and he's I'm being more like Christ. And I think songs there are songs that have those elements, and so it's rather rather a spectrum because there's elements in each song, and where does it fall on that? Uh, and then and lament driven or or lament minded, I think was one I added because um, I'd like to see more songs that are laments and strict laments. And so does it have lament language? And so now 
now that's how I'm going to be looking at songs. I'm going to be looking at it from, okay, what does it check those two boxes? And then what elements does it have in it? And does it now make it a better song? And I'll be approaching right. it from, from that perspective. Do you have anything to add before I go on? We, uh, I was just thinking about the lament side of confession um, and a, a, a more, you know, popular song is Lord, I need you. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, Lord, I come, I confess bowing here. You know, I find my rest. So there's an essence of like, right from the get go, we're offering and, and laying everything at, at the feet of the cross, um, yeah. which is a common song that we would know as a song of lament. Uh, and um, let's see, I think the Grace Collective, Never Far From Me is, is a pretty much a good lament. Um, I, I also think if you're going to write a lament, Keep it a lament, right? Lament right. has hope, but it doesn't It doesn't say things are always going to get better. So if you write a real lament, it should never say, but things will get better. So like a health, wealth, and prosperity type of worship the, song. The opposite of it. It's not, <laughs> not I'm not good enough. Nothing's going to get better. Right, I'm right. poor and you I'm going to stay worthless. poor. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shameful being. Mm, not, I'm, no. just, I'm just a worm. <laughs> and you know, you can make a 7-Eleven song. I'm just a worm and just sing that just, just over and over and yep. over again. I'm just a worm. Yep. Mm. Isn't that, well, apart from Christ, we are. Amen. But anyway, <laughs> so just lastly, just to kind of add to this, my the reason why um, the, that I want to be careful, though, still is because um, hopefully the songs are still taken from Scripture, right? And right. from the, the wealth of Scripture. So not just from one aspect of Scripture, because if Scripture, if all Scripture is God breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, then all worship songs should be useful for those things because they're taken from Scripture. And then if that's the case, then all songs shouldn't just come from one Scripture or one book of the Bible right. and only talk about one thing. We should have the full gamut. Uh, so with that all in mind, with all of that in mind, if every song has to be Christ-exalting or gospel-centered, then I'm restricting songs more than actually enabling various songs to have some or the same effect. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does perfectly. Uh, and so I'm really trying to still be careful because, look, here's the deal. I am not so prideful and arrogant to admit that I to not admit when I'm wrong or that I missed the mark. And I have have admitted in this podcast and you don't have to be the media with Trump and say, like, will you admit? Will you denounce? <laughs> I am I am denouncing my previous behavior. Right. Outright the worst. Um, <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Uh, and, but here's the deal though. If I can do that, right. If I can say, Hey, I was, I was wrong. I was off. Then worship pastors and pastors can care more about songs. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it because in my last podcast, I talked about Reza Hallelujah and how many people choose that song because it's an easy win. And, right. I'm, and trust me, I know I'm not just making a blanket statement. I know that's for a fact. I've talked to people that have said that. Well, and, and I think too, it's just, we have to be really mindful. We know this as as worship leaders that it's not a catchy sound that is just driving people. That's not that shouldn't be the drive or the desire of us in saying, "Oh, what's that? What's that catchy song that yep. I'm gonna?" It has to be the message of what we're carrying forth as we bring people into corporate worship. Yeah, I mean, it, it just has to be. So, and and for me, I here's how I think. And if you're wondering, so if you're a humble worship pastor and you're wondering, maybe you're actually honestly thinking, am I, am I actually doing that? And I don't know that. Here's how you can probably tell if you're doing that. If you are looking at your song set and you go, okay, what do I need? I need an opener. What's, what's one? Let's just a line in the lamp, right? Let's go with that. We'll do that one. That one, everyone likes it. That goes well. That's not how you do that. You need to think more deeply about your song set and go, okay, this is what we're talking about. This is how it fits in the broader scheme. Because here's the cool thing about that spectrum. 
you know, Christ exalting, gospel centered, congregationally friendly, that should be your whole service, right? Yep. So you could check those box boxes technically for your entire service. Your whole service should be gospel centered. I think every single person would agree to that. Your whole service should be Christ exalting. I think every single pastor and worship pastor would agree to that. So those boxes still should be checked. So if you're going to throw a song in a set, it should work in a way that it does help bolster those things to be checked, right? Make those boxes checked. So if you're looking at your set list and you're going, oh, it's, oh we, we need a big one, we, anthemic, uh, Waymaker, you know, The Blessing, what's, we, what would, you know, what's going to get the people? Okay, we'll do that song. Right, that's when I know you're just doing easy wins. Lion and the Lamb, great things. Um, uh, uh, this is amazing grace. You know, any Phil Wickham opener. I'm kidding. <laughs> he's good. He's good. He's just he writes openers. I think it's he's found his niche and he just yeah. he just writes the openers for songs uh, for worship sets. Making them making them easy too to sing to. Uh, he he started to adapt more towards that with uh, this is amazing grace. Oh yeah, because remember uh, he used to write things like canons in you are yes. uh, you're beautiful. And they're not co- they're not corporate. They are not corporate songs. And then it was like either someone at at a CCLI or <laughs> or Caleb or someone just came to him and said, "Look, you think want to lean more towards the whole leading the whole congregation in a song they can sing with? You're, Maybe you're, you're being much kinder. I I'm, know I'm, they probably said something about money. Like, do you want to make a lot of money and be more marketable? Here you go. Uh, yeah. I'm kidding, but slightly. Uh, but I mean, now, I mean, you look at it, he is writing all the openers, right? Everyone yeah. does great things. This is amazing grace. Um, he didn't write Lion and the Lamb. Uh, but I mean, we used to, what, uh, what was another one that he wrote before? That was another opener that everyone did. It was, it was another fast song, like medium to fast song. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I can't, I can't think of that. Cause I always use this is amazing grace as like the main one, but there was so wait, another do one. Do you use this is amazing grace? Cause you know, it's easy and it's an easy win. And I have, I have, I, those Jeremy. things have crossed my mind. If this is a time of confession, have you rebuked that spirit? Uh, of, I have. Of, I have of, said, you know, I can't let that be the. the I rebuke that spirit in you. Rebuke that spirit. One thing I was thinking about, though, in 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 connection with what you were saying, yeah. with how the service comes about, um, there are the things that you say. What what is an opener that is a connecting point for people? Sure, so it can yeah. be. It, you can have those feelings like this is a great song. It has a, yeah. a you know those are okay to have those feelings. It's just they can't dictate the decision that you make in picking your songs. No, you know they're they're part of it. We both think those things. No, but then when you come in from that song, then you do two songs, maybe a new song for the second one to in it, to introduce it. I always do that. Yeah, and then we do we do a third song Familiar. that is familiar and then the, the fourth song can also be an opportunity to, to present something that's more contemplative yep. uh, as a new song or a relatively new song that's been repeated and then you, so you have like different styles that you yep. bring into it yep. to start and to close the set yep. of a service so that it primes people's hearts for the the preaching of God's word and we I mean yep. I said I said it about uh, raise a hallelujah it if you're going to use that as an opener that's a really good opener you just have to explain why right why we're singing this what's the deal I agree. Um, and so it's not like you can't do that. So I just have feelings about Lion and the Lamb. But I mean, great things. And this is Amazing Grace. I know there's another one. I just joke because all the Phil Wickham songs now sound the same. Right. Um, but, you know, if you're going to use a song, don't pick it because it's easy. Pick it because it fits into what you were planning for your set. Correct. And that also comes back to worship pastors and pastors. You got to stop sucking at planning your sets. You got to plan ahead of time. And pastors, that means you have to plan your your sermons ahead of time too. Yeah, you, you have to be more intentional and not just leave it up to the to the whim of the week. It's got to be 
uh, an intentional time of preparation. And then there, therefore, you'll have better cohesiveness, uh, a better cohesive service that will probably then check those boxes, gospel center, Christ exalting, for your service at least. Yeah, and I would hope too that your uh, the pastor you're working alongside with is relinquishing the the uh, the reins as far as talking through the sermon and the title itself to say, okay, here's here's the criteria that I have for my sermon and what I'm preaching about, and and that you could have like a, a growth in relationship too, and saying, hey, what do you think about this song? But ultimately, he can entrust that you're the deciding factor on what songs are picked and how those songs come through, and there's a good balance there. Yeah, because ideally. I think the, the the dream collaboration between the worship pastor and the lead pastor would be that you are both inserting input into each other's role on a Sunday morning. That's right. right? You got to so, work together. So it's not just you saying, you know, here are the songs I'm doing or I'm thinking of. And he goes, OK, here's my sermon. But even saying, hey, what have you thought about maybe saying this? You know, it it would not hurt, and I I think every pastor and worship pastor would love this. It would be it might be weird at first if you don't do this. It wouldn't hurt if when you in the past when you guys knew what you were going to preach about, you and the pastor spent time reading the scripture together as you were doing your study time, and you both looked at each other and you, and you're saying, "I'm getting this from this," and I'm thinking like this song would be a good idea, or maybe this, and then pastor goes, "Oh man, you know, thinking about that, I'm thinking this." Right. It's, it's so before you guys even come with finished products, you have you have a time of collaboration and mutual iron sharpening iron to help you guys build in your craft to yeah. be more intentional. And that's convicting for me because I, I don't have that right now in the full sense. Well, but there's times either. where yeah, but there's times where uh, our, our senior pastor, we talk about things or he'll say, hey, I really like that song. What about and then we just talk about it openly and we have a really great relationship when it comes to that. So there's always things that we can grow in and learn from. And like you just gave that example, it's not like we have to be there, but let's take the steps to strive yeah. to be in that place with our with our senior pastors. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a weekly meeting. I, I think if you if you could do it, get a month month meeting where you kind of know what the sermons are going to be on, uh, and you just sit down with the text that's going to be preached on, and you talk through it. And now, if you don't do that and it's week to week, then... Monday morning, first thing, you and your pastor should be getting together and you say, okay, here's the scripture. And he sits down and you both spend an hour just with the text and going, okay, what are you thinking? I'm thinking these things. These are things I'm pulling from from the text. And so this makes me think of these songs. What do you think you're leading for your sermon? I'm thinking this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've got to have that type of intentionality or else it's not going to, it's, it's going to, it's, you you can say you're going to leave it up to the Holy Spirit, but you're just you're being lazy and and you're ill prepared. Now the Holy Spirit can still work, which is the great thing about God. God right. will, can do whatever the heck He wants. And there have been many times where the Holy Spirit has moved in spite of ill preparation, but I would rather that not be the case week in and week out. So yeah. I know I got on my soapbox a little bit, but look, if I have to have to if I have to be humbled, which <laughs> I will willingly be humbled, I think all of us who work in ministry, especially in this capacity need to care more. I definitely believe that. We got we have to care more and I'm I'm hopefully showing you that I'm caring more in rethinking my criteria and adjusting accordingly. That's me caring more about this. It's I, I want to care more about being intentional and especially with this podcast and this ministry than being right or feeling right or being, you know, not willing to admit when I was wrong. Yeah, and and we should never settle um, mm. in our in our places and that's that's in spiritual well-being it's in our planning and preparation we should always be striving to grow and continuing to 
to work out, you know, our selfishness and our mm-hmm. pride and Amen. all these other things through the the ministry that he's called us to do. Amen. I mean, obviously, right? So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to go get lunch because I'm hungry. Are you hungry yet? <laughs> I'm starving, man. And then we'll get coffee and then we'll come back. Maybe we'll record another podcast, maybe just another time. But I, I want to have Jeremy back on this podcast, one, because he's incredible. But two, I'd love to sit down and if you are down for it, we could talk about how we think about services. You know, what's our dream service? Because I always ask that of every I ask that of every worship pastor or leader I talk to. Yeah. You know, regardless of what's going on in, at your church, if you could plan top to bottom service structure and everything, every element, adding elements, taking out elements, what would you do? What what would it look like? Because what happens is typically people haven't even thought about that. And that's not a bad thing, but people haven't even had the opportunity to think because yeah. they don't have the control over it. So. I thought about that a little bit. Oh, good. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's really great you brought it up. So yeah, that, we'll would talk be, about it. that would be fun to talk through. All right. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you guys ever have any thoughts, comments, or questions, or song selection ideas, send them to theologyandmusic at gmail.com. But with that, have a wonderful day and a great Lord's Day. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, man. See ya.